It's so good to see you today. It's great to be in Scottsdale at Banner Church, and uh, for many reasons. It's uh, obviously great to be here with Pastor Dana and Bridget, and uh, I don't know what all he's told you, uh, but I, I, if there's any questions you have, please ask me, and I can clarify any stories, especially Bridget has told you, uh, if there are any of those. But uh, my wife and I had the privilege of eight years working uh, really with and alongside Dana and Bridget, and you guys have had great pastors with vision, and uh, I, I no doubt believe that God is with them and guiding them, directing them. Uh, but I want to, first of all, before I share a couple things regarding them, thank you uh, just for sowing back Pastor Dana and the vision. One of the things I learned from them is generosity, that you can't outgive God. I know the Bible says that. It's a cliche we use, but I, uh, it seems so uh, counterintuitive, and it oftentimes seems like God's ways don't make sense to us. But as you guys were stepping out and selling a building and building this, Pastor Dana and Bridget sewed into the building project that we're getting ready to embark upon in uh, the Verde Valley. And I'm just so grateful for that generosity. And I want to thank you as a church. Uh, no doubt God has blessed you because of that and that generosity. And thank you for sowing into it. We believe God is moving greatly. We see uh, just a lot of people that have been getting saved in the last year uh, and just people being called to ministry. Amazing things happening uh, by what you have sown. And so thank you uh, for being a part of that and partnering with us. And uh, I want to just take a moment and, and tell you, I, when Pastor Dana asked me to speak a couple months ago, I was thinking, oh, boy, uh, what do I say? And this is before uh, some of the transition with their lives had fully come into uh, to scope. And uh, I, I got to be honest, it's an honor to be here because I sat under their leadership and I watched the leadership that they conveyed and the vision they preached with. And But I want to just say thank you for the character and the integrity that you guys led with. And uh, if there's anything, there's so many things I could say to you. And I just publicly want to tell you that I love you. And uh, you guys have um, meant so much to us. Uh, they don't know this, but when they came to Cottonwood, my wife and I were a mess. And we were broken. Anybody know what that's like? Look at your neighbor and say, it's okay to be broken. Just tell them. It's okay to be broken. When they came to Cottonwood, we were reeling and just grieving. Uh, my mom had passed away, and our faith was... Uh, my faith was shaken. I wondered if I was called to do this thing called ministry vocationally. And when you guys came to Cottonwood... Uh, it took a risk with us. Probably should have fired us on a couple of occasions, but you didn't. You stayed just the long haul committed to us, and thank you. My wife and I were just sharing. Uh, I'm so appreciative of your risk-taking spirit and just that you step out in faith and you obey God, and thank you for that. No doubt, looking across this room, there's many that you've deposited that into, and I believe this season God's going to bless you. He's also going to bless Banner Church. Um, if you're like me, when they came to us on staff after eight years and they said, Jeremy, we're in the middle of their living room, me and Rachel, and they said to us, we feel like God is calling us to, to leave Cottonwood. Um, I don't know if you're like me. Can I just be transparent? When they said that, I was pretty ticked off. Anybody kind of know what that, anybody want to, confession's good for the soul, not always the reputation. I was hot, man. I'm like, no, we're just getting started. I feel like there's vision, and we had just been on a vacation, and God spoke some things to us re regarding the next season, had no idea what it looked like, and, uh, but I, I look back in hindsight and know that God orchestrated all of those pieces uh, about nine years ago and uh, brought us to a point of, of leading in Cottonwood. And, and I want to just submit to you that, that this church is not a building, it's a, a people. 
And we're a church made with spiritual hands, the Bible says, that God has created his church. And here's the deal. A church is not built upon a leader. It's built upon the head whose name is Jesus Christ, and he's our foundation. And, and I want to speak to this great church for a few moments. I believe God's given me a word. And uh, it's out of Joshua chapter 3. If you have your Bible, would you turn there? And as you're turning there, I want to talk about being positioned for the promise that God has for you. I uh, had no idea what Pastor Dana was preaching the next series, but I feel like this is dovetails the next series perhaps that he's heading into. I believe that God is positioning Banner Church for its best days ahead. And, and I believe the best days of the church in America are not behind us, they're before us. And when I look in this, this auditorium, in this worship center today, I, I'm so excited because I see a, a generation of millennials and I see a generation of, uh, of mixed demographics here to reach Scottsdale and the greater valley region with the gospel of Jesus Christ. How many of you know that Jesus, uh, he works and fulfills his ministry through me and you? He doesn't do it through a pastor, he does it through the church. And he's working his ministry through us. And in Joshua chapter 3, I want to talk for a few moments about how I believe God is positioning you, positioning Pastor Dana and Bridget, positioning Josh and Katie and this great church for uh, just to see a move of God like we've never seen, to see souls around you saved, to see the marketplace reach. This is a cutting edge thing that God is doing, and I believe he's going to do his work. So real quickly, elbow your neighbor and say, God's got a word for you. Just say it. If he used a donkey, he can use me. I believe that this morning. So we're going to have fun. Joshua chapter 3, and uh, we're going to begin reading in verse 1. If you're there, say, I got it. Here we go. Verse 1. This is the scripture that immediately uh, begins to set up the people of Israel who had been wandering for a, a generation in the wilderness. They've been wandering in a place that God never intended. And if I could submit this to you, God didn't call us to live in a wilderness. God didn't call us to dwell there. He wants us to live in fulfillment of the promises that he's called us to. But sometimes our actions keep us wandering. Anybody been around a mountain a few times and you want to get away from that? You know what I'm talking about. And I love this. It says in Joshua chapter 3, the people of Israel, the next generation has now risen up and they've matured. And it says this, early the next morning, Joshua and all of the Israelites left the Acacia Grove and they arrived on the banks of the Jordan River where they camped before crossing. Three days later, the Israelite officers went through the camp, giving these instructions to the people. When you see the Levitical priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord God, move out from your positions and follow them. Since you have never traveled this way before, they will guide you. Stay about a half mile behind them, keeping a clear distance between you and the ark. Make sure you don't come any closer. Verse 5. Then Joshua told the people, purify yourselves. That's what you've been doing over the last 21 days in this fast. You've been consecrating your hearts and seeking God. And, and by the way, fasting is not just spiritual calisthenics or dieting. It's getting the mind of Christ and seeking his will for your life. And I believe this, when you fast, let me just submit this, it also begins to move the hand of God in situations that you need by the consecration. And here we see, it says, purify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do great wonders among you. Let's say that together, all right? Tomorrow, say it with me, the Lord will do great wonders among you. I believe that's a word from the Lord for Banner Church. 
that the Lord wants to do great wonders among you. And in the morning, Joshua said to the priests, lift up the Ark of the Covenant, lead the people across the river. And they started out and went ahead of the people. Verse seven, then the Lord told Joshua, today I will begin to make you a great leader in all the eyes of Israel. And they will know that I am with you just as I was with Moses. Give this command to the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant. Then I want to skip down to verse 15. Uh, it says this in verse 15. It was harvest season at the Jordan River, um, and it was overflowing its banks. But soon as the, the feet of the priests who were carrying the ark of the Lord stepped into the river's edge, the water above that point began backing up a great distance away at a town called uh, Adam, which is near Zarethan. And the water below began to flow into the Dead Sea until the riverbed was dry. Father, I pray this morning in these few moments that you would impart great vision, great purpose, great life to Banner Church. And uh, Lord, I pray today that we would not uh, look simply at what's behind, but honoring those days and honoring what you've done in us and honoring what, you're, uh, what you've done in the leadership, but God, knowing that you've really brought us to this place to position us to inherit the promises you have for us in, uh, in Scottsdale and in this valley. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I, I wanna take a few moments, if you'd allow me, to just uh, share from this about positioning the promise. And I wanna hopefully not change the paradigm of your life, but I think God's ways are completely different than ours. And there's something I've learned over the last few years that I believe has debilitated many in the church from inheriting our promise. And I wanna talk to you for just a few moments. I believe in the church today and in the world today, we need to begin to live with a different mantra. And here's the mantra. What have we done in our culture is we live with a motto called ready, set, go. How many of you have ever seen that? We got the Olympics coming up in a month, at the Winter Olympics, and you hear this ready, set, and then a gun go off, go, and then the race begins. And I believe, in a careful manner, I want you to hear me, I think that has debilitated us. Because if we're not careful, and here's what God is saying to us today. I read this by Mark Batterson years ago. God wants to shift the sequence of our life. And I believe at Banner Church, with your leadership of Pastor Dana and Bridget, one of the things I learned with them years ago is they lived a life changing the sequence of this particular statement. They didn't live with ready, set, go. They lived with, as Mark Batterson put it, it's time to go, set, ready. Go, set, ready. What does that mean? It's a simple statement, but I wanna build on this because I believe that God is calling us to live with a different thought in mind. How many of you know that you were never ready to get married? You thought you were, but you weren't, if you are married. How many of you know you were never ready to, to deal with the things you had to deal with at college, even though you thought you were? How many of you know you were never ready if you've ever had children to have children until you had them? You know what I'm talking about. How many of you know you're really never ready for certain things? You're never ready for maybe the world that's in front of you. And I, I remember stepping out and, uh, man, it's an honor having you today. And I, I hope this is okay, but Bridget and I, we went to Evangel. We loved CBC, but we went to Evangel. I, I thought I was ready for college. I wasn't. And there were a lot of reasons. I wasn't spiritually maybe mature as I needed to be. I definitely wasn't ready to have to actually do work at a college level. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And my GPA would be embarrassing to tell you what it was, so I'm not gonna do that because that's hidden and it's under the blood of Jesus. But here's the point. I thought I was ready, but I wasn't. And, and, and in the church, here's one of the challenges. The issue in the church, and I think in Banner Church and in Journey Church in Cottonwood, it's not an issue of readiness. I believe God is looking at us and saying, I'm looking for willingness. 
I'm not looking for readiness. We, we've heard more, we have more accessibility to great messages and great sermons and great music and great teaching and discipleship models. And you've been privileged over this season to have some of the best of the best and Pastor Dana and Bridget as pastors. And, and one of the things I learned from them that I could submit to you, probably more so Bridget than Dana, but, but I, she lived with Go Set Ready. And then there were many times she'd come back to her husband or we did this, I'm not gonna tell you, we we did this, but we did it and we moved forward and we took risks and we saw God do great things. I wanna speak to you in this season as your position for the promise. You may think you're ready for the promise, but here's the deal. This ready, set, go motto in the church has paralyzed us from doing what God has called us to. It'll limit my faith from stepping out and taking a risk. If you don't get into the water, if you don't step out of the boat, if you don't step into what God is saying, you you don't see the miracle. And and I'm so grateful as I consider Jesus and I consider what Joshua speaks of here in the the book of Joshua, that they live with a life of it's time to go set ready. See, there was a generation that wandered in this wilderness because they lived by ready, set, go. They saw the giants And they saw the provision, but they were never in a mindset, it's time. They'd circle the banks of this Jordan many a days. It was not a massive expanse. It was a short spot of land, if you will. It was a short parcel of land. They had been there many, many occasions, and they came to the banks. They're like, we're ready to go, but they never acted. And I, and I can't help but consider today in Banner Church, it's gonna get better, I promise you. The message will get better. I'm gonna give you a couple things that I believe will shift our focus to living. It's time to go. It's time to step into the promise. What's the promise God's given you? Maybe you're here today and you're on the university campus and God's given you a dream and a vision and, and a purpose for your future. Let me tell you something. The promise is not a distant thing away. It's right in front of you. Step into the promise. Whatever your degree is, whatever the promise for your life, maybe it's desire for marriage. Maybe it's desire for future. Maybe it's desire to be used in vocational ministry. Maybe it's something you see in this church, in this campus, and you say, I, I want to do it, but I don't think I can. Be careful that your insecurity and the liabilities that the enemy wants to to tell you, don't keep you from fulfilling the promises God's ordained for you. It's time to go set ready. Say that with me. Go set ready. Come on. Go set ready. I know some of you right now that are very administrative and you're in that, that, that box of your life. You're struggling with this right now because if it doesn't fit in your calendar, you're in trouble. You know what I'm talking about? Anybody know somebody like that? I married one of those. But it's okay to say, here's the box. God said, I got to get out of it. And go. What did Jesus say to his disciples very clearly? Go into all the world and preach the gospel. What was he saying to, to these guys who had grown comfortable with him preaching, to these guys who had grown accustomed to, to his presence? He now is saying, look, there's no more time to get ready. It's time to go. And if we're not careful, we may not fulfill the destiny and inherit the promises God has for us. As I consider your pastors and the step that they're taking, I got to tell you, when I sat in their living room over nine years ago, it was about 10, I don't remember how long ago, it was a while back, and I remember them telling me, and it was one of those most awkward, uncomfortable conversations. They're trying to tell me, and Rachel, and we're just sitting there, and they said it, and I I remember just this, this, I'm not ready for this. It's not time. And I even remember telling them in that living room, in in, in some of my 
attitude and, and my spiritual self-righteousness because I had it all planned out. How many of you have things planned out and God throws a wrench in it? But you know what I'm talking about? And I remember in that moment just kind of being insecure and questioning and all. And I look back and I'm so grateful for leaders that said, I, I, I'm not ready, I'm willing. Because God's not looking for readiness, he's looking for willingness. See, we got churches full of ready people, but we got a lost culture looking for willing people. Scottsdale doesn't need another building. They need willing church to reach them. Bangkok doesn't need another white preacher. Just being real, I've been there. They need a willing vessel. Scottsdale doesn't need a Northwest Seattle Seahawks, Washington Husky, 30-year-old ready pastor. Dude, Seahawks, I love it, man. But stop going to the Husky games. We've gone to three of them, and they lose every time. I will never go to another Husky game here. And if you go to ASU, the only commonality we have is Jesus, all right? I've been praying for you. Gosh, man. What in the world's God putting you here? They don't like Huskies. What's my point? My, my point is they don't need another ready, educated, good-looking preacher. Banner Church needs a willing leader. See, I, I challenge you with this in this last Sunday of 2018 in January. What is the level of your willingness? What's the level of your willingness? I, I want you to hear something because there's a lot of this talked about in our culture about success and all these things. And I want you to listen to this. Successful people don't do different things. Successful people do things differently. I look at Joshua, and I look at these people in Joshua chapter 3, and I look at this generation. They, they weren't looking at doing different things. They were just saying, we want to go into the land of promise differently than our forefathers went. And there are promises you're positioned for, and it's not about doing different things. It's about looking at things in a mindset of saying, I'm going to do it differently. I'm going to live life differently. You're doing church differently, and I applaud you for it. And this valley, the, the, the metropolitan valley, needs church like this. It's time that we do things differently, not do different things. I want to talk to you about this from this perspective, and I, I, I'm going to start to descend this plane in the next 30 minutes, if that's all right with you. Just kidding. Uh, and so there's this powerful thing. Pastor Josh is like, what are you doing? I told you you had this much time. <laughs> God's looking for willingness, not readiness. I'm asking you this question in love at Banner Church. What are you willing to do, and how much are you willing to give? Nine years ago, I didn't have a whole lot of willingness to give up Pastor Dane and Bridget. But I'm glad God did some things in me over the next couple of weeks because we've seen amazing things in our life and at Cottonwood that we would have never seen the way God had it. So how do we change the sequence? Go set ready. If you're taking notes, there are three quick things I want to give you because that's what preachers do. We give you points and then hopefully you chew on it. First thing I want to tell you is this. To, to live a life of go set ready, you've got to do this. You will only grow to the level of your pain tolerance. If you want to be willing, you got to ask yourself, how much are you willing to pay? How much? Everybody knows that, that there is one day above all that people start a diet. Have you ever heard this before? One day on the calendar year that everybody starts a diet. What day is it? 
Nope, it's tomorrow. It's tomorrow. Some of you right now are like, I want out of here because I'm ready to eat. I've been fasting. I've been, I'm so sorry. I hope I don't have to eat tofu this afternoon, Pastor. I'm just telling you, if we go out, please take, I haven't been fasting like you guys. It's to, here's the point. You're only going to grow to the level of your pain tolerance. And I, I want to submit to you as I consider the people of Israel on the banks of this promised land, on the banks of the, the, the next outpouring, the next inheritance, the promise. Maybe your promise you're seeking is family restoration or, or, or you're seeking something to be healed in a redemptive manner. Let me ask you this. Are you willing to pay the price to forgive even when you were wronged? I'm just being real with you. It hurts to give some things up. Can I be transparent with you if that's all right? I, I don't mind confessing because my soul at least is clean even though my reputation isn't. The last year of my life has been tough. I've had some of the deepest hurts I've ever gone through. I, I, if I begin to tell you them, I, I don't even want to talk, but I'm coming to a place over this last year realizing I'm not going to grow. I'm not going to inherit the next season that God has for me. I'm going to make my family pay the price if I'm not willing to, to have some pain. And, I, and I'm learning this. The children of Israel had come to this point as they saw their parents. Their parents didn't have a high level of pain tolerance. They wanted to go back to the comfort of Egypt. You can read the story of the Israelites in, in multiple chapters, but I, I, I want to be a man of God. I want to be an individual. I want to be a believer that says, I'm positioned for the promise, and yes, it's going to hurt at times. Yes, there are going to be things God asks of me that stretch me. Yes, there's going to be changes that aren't easy, but I'm, I'm positioned for promise, and, and I want a high pain tolerance because you're only going to grow to the level of your pain tolerance. Anybody ever been around a pregnant woman? How many of you know there's a pain tolerance on both sides? If you're the one around them or if they're the one that's pregnant, you know what I'm talking about. What's my point, though? How many of those, and I'm so thankful I'm not a woman. I'm just telling you right now, I'm so grateful that God blessed me with manhood. That's just one thing I'll tell you. But here's the thing that I've learned is this, that, that you see so many women ready to bring forth child, and, and at different phases, phases, and it maybe is a summer, winter, whatever, they're like, get it out of me. I'm done. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I've been around it. But aren't you grateful that they go through the pain to bring new life? And here's the other thing you need to understand. Oftentimes the pain tolerance that you go through doesn't just bring forth life, it brings forth permanent change. Stretch marks. Hormones. Whatever it is. Spiritually, Joshua and the children of Israel came to the banks of this river and they said, you know what? We're going in. Why? Because there was a different spirit in them than their parents. Their parents were the ones that would get together and talk about how they couldn't before they even reported to Moses the blessing on that side. These guys sought what God wanted for them. There was a different spirit. And they knew they were going to have to take down some Jerichos. And they knew they were going to have to take down some giants. But the blessing in the land was greater than the obstacle before them. May I submit to you the healing in your family is greater than the pain of forgiving them? 
that the step that's a risk in your life that maybe God's speaking to you, it's time you step out. It's time you go. It's time you do. It's time that you went to school for this, but I'm cultivating this in you. How many of you know that's crazy, especially when you go tell your parents, I think God's doing this. No, I've spent this much on you, but you know what I'm talking about. Is there a willingness to say, I'm willing to go through certain pain to inherit the promise. I'm not saying God is a mean God or a morbid God or wants you to suffer in that regard. That's not what I'm implying. Please don't twist my words. I'm simply saying this to you today at Banner Church. God wants to stretch you. And in so doing, he's gonna bless you. I look in this room and I'm humbled to even be here. I'm amazed at this. I'm amazed at what God's doing, but this is not the end. <clears throat> this is not the end. There's so much more God's gonna do through you. Amen. You'll only grow to the level of your pain tolerance. May I submit a, a couple of thoughts to you this morning as you consider this. Ready, set, go will debilitate you, but we're living with a go, set, ready life. I'll never forget in my office a few years back, and, and if I could draw just a parallels, I'm sitting in my office, and, and uh, Bridget, Pastor Bridget came into my office, and we had a, an amazing relationship and a lot of respects. And Bridget, you remember this day where you're talking to me, and, and uh, anybody ever struggle with bitterness? or no, Anybody know someone who struggles with bitterness? Just admit that. It, it may be you, but you at least know someone. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody breathing? I just need a little help, all right? I tell my church at home that the, the more they talk, the quicker I shut up and the more they respond. So it, it's just helpful. And I remember sitting in my office and, <clears throat> and, I, and I was talking about, man, is this ministry thing worth it? And, and just bitter. And, and uh, I struggled with some of these things. And I'll never forget, Bridget, you remember this day? It was probably after you punched my desk that this happened. I'm, uh, I love Bridget in this regard. She did. She punched. Can I tell that? I just did. She had had it. And I deserved it, guys. I had pushed it. And um, Josh is probably a much better associate. But I, I saw the line here and I stepped over a few times. And Bridget and I are having this impassioned conversation. And and all of a sudden, she grabbed this bottle of anointing oil that she had given us at a staff retreat. I'm not talking a little dabble, do you? I'm talking this massive, like, bottle. It was literally about that deep. She grabbed it, and she stood in my office, and she started dumping oil all on the carpet. And, and it was that Jordan River in my office. Try it with me. And she began to dump this, and it's still in the carpet today, 12 years later. It's across my, uh, it's now my executive pastor's office. He doesn't know, but it's, it keeps him s serving God. I know it's the anointing in his office. So it's in there. And all of a sudden, Bridget stepped back, and, and kind of like Joshua, the children of Israel, she said, are you going to continue to sit there, or are you going to come across this side? And she began to literally, I felt like it was taunting, but I needed the taunting. And she basically was saying, are you going to live on that side of bitterness the rest of your life, or are you going to get free? You're going to live on that side of, of cursing, or are you going to walk into some blessing? And I don't even remember the dialogue, but I remember the anointing. It was all over bitterness. And I'll never forget, she didn't even let me walk across. She just challenged me, and she left there, and I made a decision that day to say, I need to get through this because it's a lid that God meant to be a floor in my life for the next level. It was a lid in my life. Are you willing to grow to the level of the pain tolerance God sees or are you gonna just live in the comfort of what you see? 
I challenge you today, Banner Church. You wanna live, go set ready? The disciples had to get active. They had to be stretched. Some of them even stretched out on a cross. Pain tolerance. My wife told me this actually this morning. I'm not sure what she meant by this, but she said, you know, I either wanna die in my sleep or die a martyr. And I'm like, can it be sleep? But then when I'm talking, I'm like, you're crazy. There's a different level of pain tolerance. She birthed my two children. She's got it. I don't. Here's my point. I want to live with that kind of faith. That I can go, set, ready. I'm willing, God, to let you stretch me. I'm willing to let you grow me. I'm willing to let you do things in me that don't feel comfortable, but it brings results. It'll cultivate something in me to grow me. See, God's in the business of growing and changing us, transforming us. He doesn't want us in the place we are, not because he doesn't love us, but because he wants to continue to mature us. Go set ready. You'll only grow to the level of your pain tolerance. I want to encourage you with just a couple more things, and here's something that many of you say. This has no bearing on where I'm at today, but yet it does. There was a social study done by psychologists Tom Gilovich and Vicki Medvek. And they found, listen to this, in this study, they found that we tend to regret actions more than inactions, 53 to 47%. Listen to this. So, so it's kind of this toss-up, but over the long haul. So in the short haul, we, we tend to regret actions over inactions. Some of you are in the short haul. Pastor Dana's in the long haul. Me and Bridget are still kind of in the middle of that. But, but in the short haul, we, we regret our actions over our inactions. But here's the thing. Listen, over the long haul, and I know some of you have a hard time seeing this, but we're talking about being willing to grow. It's inaction regrets that outnumber action regrets. So over the long haul, many will look back and say, I regret not doing something instead of making the wrong choice. Listen to this percentage. 84% of people in the long haul live with regret for not going or doing instead of doing the wrong thing. Banner Church, when we look back 20, 30, 40, 50 years from now, may we look back and say, I don't regret making risks, taking steps, doing some crazy things, letting God stretch me. I'm not looking back with regret. I'm going full bore because I'm going, setting, and I'm already ready. I'm willing. Amen. Second thing that's powerful I want to share with you for a moment is this, in this go set ready sequence that needs changes. Not only do we, do we grow to the level of our pain tolerance, verse 3, verse 15 and 17 of Joshua 3 is powerful. If you want to go set ready, you do it with this. You got to follow presence and nothing else. Church, I, I want to encourage you. It says in verse three, it says that Joshua got them all ready. They lined up and listen to what he says in verse three. It says that he, he said, now follow the priests as they enter into the water. Follow the presence as, they, as God moves forward is what he was saying. Then verse 15 and 17 say the same words, or excuse me, 13 and 14 says, when the ark of God and the priests who carry him or, or carry the presence of God in the ark of God move out into the river, then you step out. Can I just say this? And I know it's one of those things in churches like, duh, I knew that, but yet there are a lot of us that are sitting here ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. God's moving. Sometimes we're just not there. 
three weeks ago, I'm in a, a town called Kingman. Anybody ever been in Kingman, Arizona? Anybody look forward to getting out of that? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> My son was playing a basketball game in Kingman, and I drove the four-mile trek to go get him and watch him and enjoy him. And I went to this restaurant called Chipotle afterward with he and my grandma. And we're in there. My grandma's 83 and uh, 83, 84. She's, you know, just getting more feeble. And so we're walking out of, of Chipotle. And as we walked out of there, Trey runs, gets in the car, and he's getting my grandma situated. And I saw this gentleman there who looked pretty normal. You would have never expected what I stepped into and I get to the driver's side of the car and I, I open it and I felt like the presence of God and the whisper of the Holy Spirit said, did you even see that? I'm like, see what? <laughs> you know, no, I didn't. And I started to get in, he, again, the spirit of God. I, by the way, I don't hear an audible voice. I've never heard an audible voice of God. It's either my wife or Pastor Dana and Bridget, people I've worked for, that's the voice of God in my life. <laughs> but I heard this whisper, did you even see that? And I'm looking, and I, I looked, and there's this guy standing kind of like this. There's, I'm outside, and we're looking in Chipotle, and, and he's looking at the menu, and I looked over there, and, and the Holy Spirit said, that. And, and you need to know something about me. I love ready, set, go. I... I I want to be prepared. I don't like stepping into risks. I don't like stepping out. I know the Romans road. I know certain scriptures. But when you ask me to witness and take a risk, can I just be transparent with you? That's not my spiritual gift. I stretched a little theology there, by the way. It's not about being a spiritual gift. It's about being willing. I'll never forget in that moment, I, I looked and my son's in the car, my grandma's in the car and I went over to the guy and said, hey, you, you going to get something to eat? That's a great place. You hungry? He goes, yeah, I'm just looking. I don't know if it, and I said, can I buy your dinner? Instantly, the guy is in my chest, weeping. Awkward. 50-year-old <laughs> dude, at least he looked 50, in my chest, weeping. I'm just kind of looking around like, this is, yeah. I just kind of, I'm just being real with you. And the Holy Spirit just began to speak to me, but I began to pray with him and was able to bless him with a meal and talk to him about Jesus. And what's my point? My point is very simple. How many times do I miss moments to see God move because I'm not even following presence? Guys, that's not my normal DNA. My normal DNA is mom's gonna be calling. We gotta get home. There's a snowstorm coming and flag. We gotta beat that. That's all my thoughts. Last Tuesday, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, Tuesday. But in this journey of future promise, positioning in your life, church, follow presence. Presence is not five or six musicians. Presence is not your pastors that are stepping in. Presence is not the... Can I say apostolic mantle? That's not presence. Those are gifts. Those are people. These are tools. Presence is this knowing like the children of Israel in Joshua 3. We're going to step into promise. And the reason our former generation didn't is because they believed in giants. But we believe in a big G who's going to get us there. And we're following presence. 
See, if we're not careful in the culture we live in America, we like to get in front of presence and let God validate what we're doing. Can I tell Banner Church in a heart of love today? I hope you love me. I hope you'll still want to be a friend of mine, maybe. I don't know, but I want to encourage you. It's high time we start saying, God, you lead us. You direct us. Your pastors have done that well. This building is a blessing of following leadership and following God's, God's spirit. Continue to follow presence, and God will do great things among you. What we just read? it's going to be a day where I do great wonders among you. ASU needs Jesus. People that come to the fashion square need Jesus. By the way, why do things cost more over there than they do at Desert Ridge or some? I don't, anyway, they need Jesus. Follow presence. One of the greatest blessings of my life is to be in a church that follows presence. We're building a building, but that's not what builds people. Presence changes lives. Presence changes everything. Follow presence. Children of Israel, I'm landing the plane, I promise. When you see the priest step into the river, keep your distance. I've often wondered what that means. I'm not gonna wax eloquent on it, but why did Joshua say keep your distance? I... I think there's this aspect of some of us that it's about trust. Just be patient. If I promised it, it's gonna happen. Sometimes when I get too close and I start seeing things, I can run right past what God's asking. Follow presence. Banner Church, preaching doesn't change a life. The word of God and the presence of God changes lives. And can I just say this? We live in a culture that all wants modification. If the church here, it, I didn't plan this, but I want you to hear this. God did not give his son Jesus just to modify your behavior for a season. He gave his son Jesus, who gave his Holy Spirit, to transform our thinking, our living, our future, our destiny, your position for promise, and presence will lead you there. Can I encourage you with this? I've been here one Sunday. I don't have a lot of years of credibility to say this, but I challenge you and I encourage you. What you began to pursue in music today and song and that worship atmosphere, pursue his presence. In a moment when I invite you to come, would you just come and pursue his presence? There's nothing greater than the presence of God changing a life. You'll grow to the level of your pain tolerance and follow present. Last thing I want you to hear out of Joshua chapter three is this. Uh, remember, we're talking go set ready, right? Some of you are like, pastor, just go, get it over with. All right, here we go. Go set ready. Last thing real quickly is this. We, we need to understand as we follow present. By the way, let me just say this. Uh, Abe Lincoln, I love this quote and I, I wanna move forward after this. But Abe Lincoln said these words, my concern is not whether God is on our side, but it's whether we are on his side. Presence. God, I don't need you on my side. I, I just, I'm, I'm with you. I, I'm with you. My dad's bigger than your dad kind of thing. I'm with you. No matter how great the impossibility is, the challenge, the enemy, the obstacle, the addiction, the irreconcilable relationship, follow presence and watch what God will do in your life. And last thing is this. Remember, we're talking about willingness and not readiness. Is I believe, and this is prophetic, I believe for this church today, that the supernatural begins where your natural ends. 
listen, I'm challenging a great church, but I want you to hear this. Am I willing to grow, stretch, be stretched? God, that wasn't on my radar, but I guess I'll obey you. Can I just tell you, Pastor Dana and Bridget did not have this next step on their radar right now. It wasn't, but they're willing. I don't know that you guys were expecting this. I haven't talked to you. Children of Israel get to the border of the river, and this is powerful. God says this to them, get right behind the priest. They're gonna step in, and as they step in, see, we're talking about position for promise. Know your place, know where you're at. And as the presence of God, the ark of God, carried on the priest's shoulders began, and by the way, can I just tell you, presence is not carried on a pastor's shoulders. You carry his presence. You need to hear this. The priest carried the presence in the Old Testament. The Bible says that you are now priests. Peter, you're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. Look at your neighbor and say, you're peculiar. Just say that real quick. It says you're peculiar. You're the carrier of the presence of God today. When you go to your campus, your workplace, the marketplace, you carry his presence. But listen, they, they began to step in, and it says in, in, in Joshua chapter 3, verses 13 through 17, they began to step in, and the waters began to recede. You need to track with me. It said it was harvest season. I don't know what you guys know about harvest season in certain areas, but the Jordan River during harvest season, they say, would be a mile and a half wide in some places. That's how wide this river would be. My wife and I visited there a handful of years ago. It's crazy in harvest season how deep. It's normally running. It's shallow. You can get through. But this million-man march, God said, now I want you to go. It's harvest season. How many of you ever feel that? It's like God wants you to step into something, but it's not when it's easy. You know what I'm talking about? It's time you forgive. They hate me right now. I can't go restore that. No, I want you to step into it. God, it doesn't make sense. Harvest season doesn't make sense challenges, obstacles, difficult. It may not make sense, but here's God's path. It's harvest season. We're going to drown some of you. That'd be my thought. I step in, I die. No, where my natural, the impossibility, the thing that cannot happen ends, the possibility of God begins. Guys, what's impossible in your life today? What relationship is impossible to be healed? What addiction has been carried for generations that God wants to free you? This impossible river, this obstacle, this barrier, God says, step into it. And what happened? Boom, water. Boom, water. It began to pile up, upstream. And they walked across on dry ground. would have never happened if they wouldn't have come to the end of themselves and said, God, we got to do it with you. What is the chaos in your life that God wants to bring peace to and get you to the promise? What's the challenge that God wants to simply make an opportunity for him to show up and show off in your life? I don't know what it is. I got some. I don't know how in the world we're going to raise $2.5 million because we live in a very poor area of this state, but God does. I have no idea how we're going to do the things God's given us a vision for, but he does. And you got to get out of the boat. You got to get off the shore. 
I believe today for Banner Church, the challenge and encouragement for you is this. Your possession, your position for promise, but it's time to go. It's time to take a step. It's time to take a risk. Psalm 97 says this. It says, the hills melt like wax at the presence of the Lord. I have loved this verse. I felt like God just gave me a dumb analogy, but I'll give it to you because he speaks to me in those ways. Your mountain is simply a candle to God. The hills melt like wax. God, boom, done. It just burns. It's done. I see impossibility. He sees something that's going to simply burn. What do you need today? Your promise is on the other side. Do you need to step out and be willing? Do you need to let God grow you in some areas? Maybe you're like me nine years ago. Can it be very heartfelt and loving with this? I needed to say, God, Pastor Dana has been a spiritual dad to me. And it was tough. It was tough on me. I'm being real, being raw. But I needed to let God grow me. And he did. These guys are spiritual parents to me. I had a great dad. But a lot of what I am in ministry was because of these two. But I, I had to let God stretch me. And I had to learn, I'm going to follow your presence and not them alone. What do you need today? God's for you. Father, you're amazing. Would you pray with me? I thank you for this incredible church. This, I'm just so impressed by what you're doing. I'm so amazed in, a, in just a, a sense of seeing you doing great things. And I speak over this great church that this is really, I believe, the beginning of a move of God in this area. God, this church is positioned for influence like never before. This church is positioned for inheritance. There are co-workers and business and uh, there, there are places of employment right around here that I declare, God, that, that owners and management are gonna come to Christ because of this being centered in this marketplace district. God, I speak over ASU and the students that go to ASU in this church. God, that there's gonna be a move through Chi Alpha and just relationship and pouring in. Lord, would you do something great? God, you're positioning Banner Church for a move of God like we've never seen in Scottsdale, God. And I declare, God, in this house today, as you position each individual, that, Lord, there are families being restored in the days that lie ahead because you're willing to stretch and grow us. And, Lord, I, I ask as well that this would be a church that follows your presence in these meetings, in these gatherings. Tonight, would you move in their worship setting? Lord, would you come and just move with the miraculous and wonders and the baptism of your presence and the Holy Spirit? Have your way tonight in this house. And we give you all the glory for what lies ahead. Would you bow your heads with me for just a moment? I want to ask this question very simply. You're here today, and you would say to me, I know you haven't met me till just a few moments ago, but you would say, Pastor Jeremy, I want to know Jesus Christ as my Savior and my Lord. My life has been a mess, but I want God to give me a purpose. Listen, Jesus gave his life to bridge the gap between a holy God and an unholy person in life. Jesus was a pure, holy sacrifice that took the place for what we deserved and he gave us purpose now where God looks at us and sees us as his own. 
Very simply, you wanna know Jesus. I'm not gonna labor long. I wanna pray with you. You've never accepted Christ as your savior or you wanna rededicate your life to Jesus. You wanna say, I've been away from him. I wanna know him today. Real quickly, would you just slip your hand up? I'll not embarrass you, but I wanna pray with you quickly. Is there anyone? Wanna know Jesus today? Quickly, would you raise your hand? pray this simple prayer together. Just say, Jesus. Everybody, would you just verbalize it? Just say, Jesus, I thank you for giving your life for me. And today I acknowledge I need you. Forgive me of my sin. Change my life. Today I'm positioned for a future and a hope because you're with me in Jesus' name.